According to plan She had her future And she had the man Where did I go? S-I-M-E Mixar Radio 24-7. Coming to you with Ronnie DeShake, the evening hour, and S-I-M-E Mixar tonight. We'll be back in just a few minutes. So you might want to check us out. We're S-I-M-E Mixar Radio. We are hosted on the Spreaker Network. What we do, we bring you the best musicians of the indie world. If you want to hear music such as Candy Rose, the best, or other music such as Jane Alone. Well, I got a new program set up, so I'm going to see how this works. We have hip hop, we have rock, so, country. We'll see. So, Could be an epic failure again once more, but we don't know. We bring it all <laughs> from the indie world. So, straight. So, you got anything you want to talk about before I get into some other things? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever you want to give me. Uh, there's a couple of days I do want to announce, but hey, we do what we always do. We improvise. Okay. That's what one of the topics are. I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold on. If you want to hear more music, like Candy Rose, Zayna Lauren, you need to come and check us out. We are all here for you. We're about you. We're about our fans. We're about people who are looking for a platform to speak, to talk, to bring their own opinion, 
that they feel like they would never be heard anywhere else. This is who we are. We are S-I-M-E Mixar Radio. Check us out. You can also check us out on our website, S-I-M-E dot today. This is Tiki Shaw. Check it out, Willie. Are you an independent musician? How would you like to have your songs played on hundreds of radio stations just like the one you're listening to right now? Join MusicSubmit.com and we'll promote your music to radio stations and blogs in your genre. It's free to set up your account and we guarantee your music will be considered for airplay by radio stations worldwide. Why not sign up today? It's free. MusicSubmit.com. Radio promotion for indie musicians. Well, we'll be back with more music for everybody out there. I know y'all wanted to hear the music. You don't want to hear me. I got you. But you got to hear me for a moment. This is G.E. Shaw. And we got S-I-M-E Mixar 24-7 coming to you live with Ronnie Deshay. Yes, Ronnie Deshay has just came into the uh, show. Say hi, Ronnie. Hello. And before we get into some other stuff, I just want to say, um, rest in peace, Mr. Clint Walker, star yes. of the TV series from back in our day, Cheyenne, who died at the age of 91. If anybody know or follow Westerns, I used to follow Cheyenne, pretty good actor, pretty good guy. So, anything else? Talk to Ronnie. It's just tragic, though. I mean, the man was old. It shouldn't surprise me. But some of these guys, you know, you just think they're going to live forever. Yeah, I was shocked when I heard about it myself. But and the funny thing about it is I actually was just watching him this morning and yesterday morning. It was on TV, um, on what they call HSV, or all I know is they show a lot of the old Western. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was reliving those days with Mr. Cheyenne. Um, I, what was that guy? Was he a bounty hunter? Can't remember. It was that no. He was a Wrangler. Wrangler. That's what he was. Yeah, I think so. But he always got himself into a lot of different issues, you know, different things. Stand-up guy. That's the way, at least that's the way the character portrayed him. Right. And everything. Uh, but he always had a lot of women, though, around. <laughs> I tell you, those are the old shows. And to me, I used to love the old shows. I mean... They're making a comeback. I'll be watching a lot of them. There's Maverick, High Chaparral. I mean, how many people remember Bonanza, man? Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that was one of the favorites, too, you know, Bonanza. Um, with all his sons and everything. What I used, and I still miss, is... I guess that's why I fell in love. Well, I ain't going to say I fell in love. That's like I fell in love materialistic and everything. But I did like Seattle. I remember the show that came out many, many years ago when I was a little toddler growing up. Uh, 
the city of Seattle. It was a, uh, what the heck their names? Here uh, comes the brides. Here come the brides. Yeah, <laughs> and all the brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was that song? Here come the brides. Well, it's okay. I don't want to sing. I might hurt somebody. Either. <laughs> uh, so get that out of the way. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, there's three topics that's interesting tonight. Well, in my case, since I dive into everything social, everything's interesting me. But I'm gonna try to minimize what we talk about tonight. Okay, folks. Yes. But first thing on the list, and here's my. This is more of a question than. Um, me just jumping all over people. Um, are we starting to see a more, or is it just my imagination, a rash of high school shootings taking place all across the world, all across the world and across America? Tell me, you, what do you think? I mean, well, anybody out there listening, if they want to chime in on this, you can get us a call. Two five three six one seven five five two five, or you can text us on Messenger, or the same number. So what do you think, Ronnie? Well, I'll tell you something. After the last one, I was googling it and I saw something. I don't know if I mean I'm assuming this is true. There's no reason for it not to be true, but it was really kind of freaky. According to what I read, this particular shooting was the 22nd school shooting in 2018. We're like five months in. Yeah, five months. that's correct. That's and correct. there's been 22 school shootings already. Yeah, and with, and here's the, here's the sad thing. We're just in May. We're not even halfway through the year yet. We're just right. barely into the second quarter. So, yeah. now here's the thing that got me. Now, I haven't researched it, and you know I will after this show is over with. But one of the questions that came out is that most of these shootings, now this is, I'm trying to find the article first, but I might not be able to, so I might have to come back and check it out later. But let me get my mic right, get it up here. I don't want to drive people crazy with my crazy squeaky at times voice because I'm losing my voice maybe because I'm screaming maybe because I'm screaming too much I don't know but one of the articles that I read and I can't find it now suggests that most of these shootings are occurring in small towns and that's the reason for a lot of these shootings uh, because they're in small towns. So, what they're suggesting, and I'm not making light of this, or I'm not uh, making statements to the point that that's okay. But the point is, because I want to look at references behind that, but to say that most of these shootings are just occurring in small towns, um, to me, it's taken away from 
the real problem. There are shootings in high school with high school teenagers, okay? And whether it's a small town or a bigger city or metropolitan area, which to me, I think it's just as many shootings going on in bigger cities as it is in smaller cities or small towns. I don't know what are they using for reference to that or demographics, but the point is we're getting guns into the schools. The point is we're taking innocent lives. The point is many of these individuals are subjected to friendly fire, if you want to put it that way. Because some of these individuals who are dying are not part of the vigilante issue where people are being targeted. And to sit there and say that they're just going in there. Now, don't get me wrong. There are random shootings. I'm not going to say it's not going on. But majority of the time, these individuals have a target or have targets in mind. And most of them, let's face it, maybe just picked up a gun recently or maybe had a gun for maybe a month or two or just randomly was able to get one and just go after the person they're looking for. The point I'm getting across is half these people don't know how to use a gun properly, number one. That's one of the reasons for all these uh, shootings where other individuals are getting shot. Now, I don't mean I'm diminishing that because I'm not. But the point is we need to stop the influx of guns into the school because that's where the problem is coming in. The guns are going from point A to point B into point C, being the high schools. So, what do we do here? Well, I'll tell you. You know, I, for one, am all in favor of putting metal detectors at the doors and having armed security personnel on the campus, but... Whenever that gets brought up, you get all these parents saying, oh, my goodness, I don't want little Johnny living in a war zone. If he goes to school and has to walk through a metal detector, he's going to be so traumatized. Well, I'm guessing little Johnny might be more traumatized if he was dead. <laughs> okay, that's not funny, but you're right. But see, you made a valid point. Now, here's the thing. Are you going to be more traumatized because you being, you know, going through a, a, an extensive detail, as you know, check, you know, with the melody detectors and everything else, or would you rather be traumatized to the point where a shooting occurs and you can't go on with your life from that point on? I mean, let's face back, and I can, I don't have the statistics here right now, but I will get them. But the point is. I think that more people who are more emotionally and mentally unstable after an event where someone shot or either they were close to an individual than it is being traumatized because you have to go through a metal detector. Oh, okay. Exactly. So, 
But for all the parents out there, and look, I understand. I understand it creates a stigma, I guess. But look, that's the type of stigma I don't have a problem with. I mean, let's face it. We live with all types of stigmas. Gender stigmas, uh, you know, with the LGBT and all them. Uh, race stigmas. Okay. Cultural. So, we live with all types of stigma. I really don't think being stigmatized by your son or daughter going through a metal detector is going to be a long existing problem. That's my well, take. Anybody else? If you got anything else to say, give us a call. What do you think, Rodney? Well, what I think is so interesting is every time something like this happens, and I'm going to broaden this out a little bit to, you know, include like the mall shootings, you know, or the theater shootings, because there have been a few of those. Every time something like this happens, I just and start screaming that all the guns need to be taken away or that all of this new um, uh, criteria needs to be put out to make it harder to get a gun. What they're not looking at is a lot of these people, they're buying their guns on the street, they're getting them from their parents, you know, they're not going to a gun shop and buying guns, but yet they still have guns. So everybody's focusing on the weapons. Nobody's really focusing on how to make secure the places where these people tend to go. I mean, there have been nightclubs that I've been going into for years where they have a security guy that will pat you down when you walk into the club. And if you don't want to get patted down, you don't enter, okay? Not that he was having a metal detector, but still effective. You know, because, I mean, there's a lot of nightclub shootings as well. So, I mean, those places, those nightclubs clearly know that there is a security issue and they're taking steps to protect their patrons from these nutbirds that might be on a mission. So we're okay with that, but we're not okay with pat-downs or uh, metal detectors at our schools, at our malls, at our theaters, because I can guarantee you the first time that they put up a metal detector at a school and little Johnny comes home and says, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm walking into a prison, that parent is probably going to sue the school district. Instead of saying, gee, Johnny, these people are taking steps to make sure that you stay alive to graduate, oh no, they're going to rise up righteous, they're going to sue the school district or whatever they have to do to get rid of that metal detector so that Johnny doesn't feel like he's walking into a prison. And I don't think people are looking at these options in the right way. Well, you have a coin, you have a point, I don't know why I said coin, maybe I'm thinking about, <laughs> maybe I'm thinking about money, but... Uh, I have no coins. <laughs> Uh, see, but that's what I'm talking about. That's what I, when I was going through my little rant, is the fact that we're more concerned about stigma, uh, about how we're going to look more than what our safety is going to be like. You know what I'm saying? So, I just, see, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to remember, you know, when I was coming up. And, you know, 
guns were prevalent back then, but it wasn't all about, you know, going into school, I'm going to kill somebody with a gun. You know, most of the time it was, I'm going to go into school with a baseball bat, or I'm going into school with my fist and polarize somebody. You know, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that's the best way to do things either, but let's be real, okay? Fists never, for the most part, never killed nobody, okay? Right. I mean, I even seen people get knocked inside the head with a bat, okay? <laughs> uh, and it's not funny, but the fact of the matter is, these are weapons too, you know, your fists or weapons, depending on who uses them. But the point is, for the most part, they survive. It got to a point now, if you want to be somebody special or be somebody of important, it's what kind of gun I have or how big a gun I have or uh, I got two of them, you know, so-and-so got three, you know, we're going to go blast the world. And the problem with that is, like you said, is for the most part, they're not getting them out of a gun shop. They're not getting them from, I don't know, some of your local stores, superstores super that might carry them. Uh, they're getting them off the street. Yep. And let's be real about it, you know, and I would hate to say that, but the ones that are coming off the street, they're coming in from other countries. Yep. Okay? Now, that's a different subject for another day. Because um, <laughs> I get into that one, we're going to probably be talking for a while, and possibility, me and you might be on the front of the 10 o'clock news tonight. So, uh, we're going to leave that for a different day. <laughs> but, you know, the fact of the matter is, they're coming from the street, and they're coming in from other countries, and let's face it, I'll put this out there, though. Um, for the most part, it's not, I would not suggest that our country, our government, our elitist administrative departments around the world are allowing this, but they are coming in. That's the only thing I'm going to say about it. I'm not suggesting anything, but, you know, I just remember back in the day when they used to always say drugs was the problem, and... They were coming in from another place too, you know, and there was always that problem where, well, so and so Johnny had this Columbia Gold or this, this and that, and we don't know where he's getting it from. And I'm thinking, people, come on, really, wake up. You know where it's coming from. You just don't want to open your mouth and say anything. And I understand, I really do, but. You know where love is coming from. Yep. So, like I said, I'll probably get mail tomorrow in the inbox <laughs> telling me that you're some crazy old man, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm already looking for those conversations and those emails because here lately, I've been getting a lot of them like that. <laughs> Maybe... 
that's a, that's a good thing, maybe, because of the fact, I guess, I'm getting out there more, but um, I'm getting them from a lot of places, a lot of places, and not just um, in the United States, <laughs> you know, but uh, that's a different subject for a different day, and I'm trying to bring up my other my other couple computers here because there's a couple things I also want to talk about. Oh, I do want to talk about this because I know um, you in the football and all that good stuff, correct? A little bit. Oh, come on. Just because Richard Sherman is not around, okay, doesn't mean that you don't watch football because we all know you do. <laughs> okay, I know, but we also know how much you miss Richard Sherman. Yes, I do. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a few seconds to mourn the fact that he's not here no more, and then we're gonna talk about just a little bit about the NFL and sports. Okay. And. Here is something I really think is interesting. Now we are what? Um, we'll be in May, uh -huh. and about another month or so from now, we're gonna be getting in, getting closer to um, a training camp. You know, preseason, all that good stuff. So, here's the thing. It was just reported in the news. Now, it might have been yesterday. It might have been. A couple of days ago, but I just got it. And guess what? At the apex of this is you know who? Jerry Jones. Um, who comes out? At, I guess this is what got me. We're not even into the heart. Okay. Uh, the football season. How do you mean reach preseason or even a preseason game? And the comment is already coming out, Mr. Jerry Jones. And I'm going to make sure I read this correctly because I don't want to make any assumptions on Mr. Jerry. Cause, you know, we all know Jerry got money and everything. And. I don't know what the heck is that. So let me see where that's coming from. Oh, okay, I know where it's coming from. Coming from our video. Yeah, we don't want to hear that right now, do we? No, I don't think so. Uh, Jerry Jones made a comment that on the national anthem, debate again. Yeah. We know our fans want us to focus. We know our fans want us to focus on football. Well, see, here's the problem with that, Jerry. As long as we have NFL owners, coaches, whatever the case may be, bringing up this subject every five or ten seconds or even a minute, we're going to keep focusing on the national anthem. I mean, I'm, look, all right, let me put it this way. Um, 
once the season was over, I actually kind of forgot all about the national anthem, you know, the fans rioting supposedly and hating the players and whatever the case may be because they're on their knees or standing or crossing their arms or whatever the case was. I kind of more or less went to the, you know, in the back of my mind on that one. I figured, hey, that was 2017. It was a crazy year. Let's face it. We had seen a lot of crazy things happen. Our president was at the forefront of a lot of it. So, I just figured, hey, it's just one of those years as he takes office and try to, you know, lay down whatever his plan is for the country. I'm still trying to figure out what that platform really is, but that's for a different day. But the point is, when you, and you're only... You're not even into the season. You're two months out, and you already started talking about the national anthem. Okay? Now, I don't know what these players are going to do this year. I don't know who's going to advocate for more social justice. The point of the matter is we're in a social problem right now with some serious, and we do got some serious Social issues going on. But. Oh, yes, we do. I'm not going to start off America's second pastime to me. Well, actually, I think it's third. I like basketball better than I, you know. Sorry about that, people. But I'm a ball player. But I do love football. I love my Chiefs. You love your Seahawks. We see what happens. But. The thing is. I'd rather sit around and talk about real sports. You know, my team, your team, where people are going, how are we going to look, uh, players leaving or going, the draft, all that. I'm not really into the problematic issue of is so-and-so going to stand or kneel or put his arms up. You know, the problem is there's an issue. It's going to be there until we as a country decide to get together and figure out what we need to do to solve it. And I don't have a problem with what's going on. I think we do got some issues and we need to sell it. But I'm not going to start off the season dealing with who's going to kneel and who's going to do the right thing. Because to be quite honest, I don't know. You don't know how things are going to work this season. I don't know what they're going to do. Hey, for all I know, they all might strike. And then there goes the football season. See, you know, so, look, I'm going to put it to you this way. We all know football, the NBA, the NFL, even baseball, is a multi-billionaire um, organization that makes serious money for everybody. Now, if you go by a good friend of mine's, which I wish he was on here today, but he wasn't. Uh, who always said, if you don't like it, go create your own league and go play in it. I wish that could happen. I wish that was true. But the reality is, the NFL, the evolution, came about from back in the day. Okay? I would rather see, be quite honest, if there's going to be a lot of talk about it. See, here's the thing. 
I don't hear a lot of pastime greats jumping all into this. Because they have their opinions. And you know what? I would rather listen to them. Because they set the payment, the trend, for how things are today. Okay? They took a lot of crap. Both African Americans and owners and whoever was playing the game. Even Caucasians who befriended certain people because they were human beings. All right? And they took Greek for that. All right? So I would rather listen to them than listen to all the crap that's going on now because, let's face it, you didn't have to live back then. You don't know what was going on. And I'm not going to sit there and say, you know what? So-and-so is going to get on his knees and he's going to ask for an all-out strike. We don't know that. Jerry Jones don't know that. So why don't you just stick to playing and coaching and being an owner of the Dallas Cowboys? And let's just wait and see what happens. That's my opinion, and I'm G.E. Shaw. <laughs> so, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I still find it disrespectful, and I don't feel that it's the appropriate place. I really don't. You're there to play a football game. You need to play your football game. What I don't understand is all of these owners that and, and the mucky mucks that go on and on about how, well, we don't agree with it, but we don't have the right to tell them any different. Okay, I don't understand this. They have the right to tell these players that they can't uh, wear a certain thing on their uniforms that might stand for something, you know. Um, there was one player at one point in time that was wearing something for breast cancer awareness and they made him take it off. Uh, things like that, you know, their own personal statements for whatever causes they're trying to present and support and they get told they can't do it. But when it comes to something like this, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, we can't tell them no. But if that's the case then you can't tell them no just because he's wearing a breast cancer awareness ribbon around his wrist and you don't like it. Well, apparently you can't tell them no then. There was another one, um, if you remember, I read a whole list of them a few months ago when all of this was going on. Uh, they were wearing different colored cleats to uh, support something and they were not allowed to. They've been told, you know, that they can't wear T-shirts uh, after the games, when they're doing those little post-game interviews, they can't wear T-shirts in support of causes. You know, so, I mean, all these things that they're being told by the higher-ups that they can't do, okay, that's fine if that's how you feel. But if that's the case, I don't want to hear we can't tell them that they have to stand for the anthem because apparently you can tell them any darn thing you want. So I just find that very uh, duplicitous on the part of the powers that be. You know, you can't pick and choose. It's like my friend John, you know, he's very anti-death penalty, adamantly anti-death penalty. But I asked him one time, I said, if somebody, you know, molested, kidnapped, molested, tortured, and murdered one of your sons, how would you feel about the death penalty? And John said, oh, that fucker would fry. Well, no, you can't have it one way and then the other way when it suits you. you if you're going to take a stand, you take a stand. Did I say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, 
we did try to bleep that. Bleep, bleep, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I normally keep such a watch on my little lip. But, I mean, if you're going to take a stand, that's fine. Take a stand. If you're going to say you guys cannot promote this or you can't represent that, that's fine. But do it across the board then. You know, just be consistent. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, because when they say we don't like it, but we can't tell them no, apparently you can. So I don't think here we don't like it, but we can't. Well, see, that's the thing. Um, Basically, you just brought it up again. It's a double standard we have in this society. We say what we can't do and we shouldn't do, but we allow other things to happen. And we give mixed signals. Hell, we give mixed signals not only to um, what we're doing in business or entertainment or whatever. We're doing the same thing with our kids. So it's one thing to say, well, it's disrespectful. But then you turn back around and say, okay, it's okay for you to wear certain clothing because that's not, that's not disrespectful. Disrespectful. Sorry about that. Um, so, what was it uh, back? What was it a few months ago? Uh, about the uh, they were talking about the Klan, and it was okay for them to wear or uh, portray something, but yet still. When they was doing a march, that was wrong. So I'm trying to figure out, is it based on your point of view? Is that what we're looking at? Or is it based on the point of view of where the power is at the time? Or where the money is at the time? Because I think you hit the nail on the head. Say what? I said, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. You know, and... and Here's the thing. Unless you're naive to believe, and I'm not saying everybody's naive, I think here's part of the problem, and we, and I had the discussion, hell, I even had this discussion two or three years ago when I was working on my, well, it might have been, yeah, about three years ago when I was working on my master's degree. And that, that, that topic came up. And, the fact of the matter is, we say that the power is equal. We say that the equity is equal. We say equality is equal. We say all these things has changed. But in reality, the only thing is changed is the classification by how we look at things. We don't look at things more and black and white as far as black, white, Mexican, Hispanic, whatever the case may be. We look at it now in classism on how and who has the right power and the right amount of money. And that determines where we are now. So things have evolved, but just like anything else, criminals have evolved. They evolved from... Uh, just being straight out criminals to organizations that know how to be businesslike and still create the criminal act. <laughs> okay? I mean, let's be real about it. If you believe that they all went away, then you're very, very naive. 
The fact of the matter is, nobody went away. They just became more educated, and they figured out what they can do. No, let me rephrase that. They know how to articulate what they want to do and not get caught, okay? Because they put you into this web of legal jargon and let their high-priced attorneys take care of that. So we see less prominent figures going to jail who deserve to go there, prison, and the ones who are basically their little stooges wind up during the time. So things hasn't changed. Things have evolved. And unless we catch up with evolution in that regard, all we're doing is putting one figurehead in front of another figurehead and calling it a day. That's basically what we're doing. Right. And we'll be back in, let's say, about three or four minutes. This is G.E. Shaw. This is Ryan Deshaies. And this is the new Mixar Radio 24-7. Sign a multi-million dollar uh, deal contract. Well, we know my like, oh, just waiting to come in. David Letter. He's on Netflix. But here's the one that just came in. And the words, but what comes to right now, terrorist attack. Uh, Obama's right, not just Brock, but Sign a multi million dollar deal with Netflix. Because I think we'll be great at it because we're Obama. Uh, you know, they serious, look, they have a serious platform, a serious uh, agenda, and a theme behind it. Uh, and also movie features. So, I'm think, so what I'm thinking happened is, I think this was already in the plan before Obama decided 
you know, once the these days are over with. If we don't grow, it's all she wrote. So, I'm curious. I'm interested. I know I, uh, there was the one David Letterman had uh, that presented, I think back in January, no, back in March. This is how I knew the more about it. But it's being uh, tweeted out now, and it's being, I guess, memoirs in regards to that and then a lot of those memoirs are going to be published on Netflix. Uh, we were built yeah. from the stars in the sky. You and I. Yep. So that's what we'll talk about in a minute. Well, I guess everybody's going commercial. Hey. This is Papa's Fetch. Shallow water. to my knees. I came to you with all my That's time. Still you look at me. The Obamas. History once again. You said you'd go your own way to feed your appetite. Well, don't come crawling back my way because I'm off to a better life. You said all the life that I offered, you'd rather drown in the shallow waters than try. Baby, don't cry to me. Try to pull me under. Cause I don't wanna drown in your shallow water. Maybe it's time to see all the things you've done to me. Try to pull me under Cause I don't wanna drown in your shadow 
talking about more than one year so I'm looking forward to it I gotta say hey congrats I'll, I'll congratulate you hey I'm curious my interest is up I want to see where they want to go with this I know Michelle uh, supposedly uh, quote the former first lady has a memoir which she has described as a deeply personal experience Coming out in November. Title. Becoming. So, I'm curious. I'm waiting for it. Uh, I have always been fascinated by the First Lady. So, I'm looking forward to it. On other fronts, I, outside of Mr. Jerry Jones, that is. <laughs> um... Uh, I think the young, somebody, there was a Democratic election for a seat that was, I take it, won by, uh, what's her name, Staley, or the case may be, uh, the first African woman looking to become governor of uh, that particular state and I don't know what that state is I'm sorry about that I will correctify that and rectify that is correctify I don't know if that's a word but it is now <laughs> um, the archbishop to step down after conviction um, there was a problem with that and now it looks like the archbishop is stepping down I don't want to get into that right now because if I get into it, it's going to be, we'll be here for the next three hours talking about that. Uh, what else is going on? <laughs> Trump rallies abortion opponents to vote for Republicans. <laughs> yeah, Trump rallies abortion opponents. I want to make sure you understand that. Rallies abortion opponents to vote for Republicans. So what do you think about that? Well, okay. <laughs> if I understand it, aren't most, I mean, aren't Republicans basically anti-abortion? Yeah. Okay, so why wouldn't he rally abortion opponents to vote for Republicans? I... I don't know. I mean, I just thought it was kind of weird. I mean, you basically, y'all already anti-abortion. So, are you actually saying you're trying to find Democrats to cross 
over and vote Republican? Is that what you're actually saying? I mean, because I don't get the logic behind that. He said... Uh, if that's what he's doing, it's a smart move, really. I mean, for example, I am I am pro-abortion. I believe that a woman has the right to do what she wants to do with her own body. And I'm not saying that I don't think abortion is murder, because I do. You're killing an unborn child, but I believe that that is between that woman and God when the time comes. It's not for me to tell her that she can't do this. Okay, um, so I, I I don't necessarily think that. And the, and the thing is, if abortion isn't legal, then we're going back to the days of the back alley abortionists with the coat hangers, going back to the girls that are having their boyfriends punch them in the stomach, hoping that they'll miscarry the baby. I mean, these are the days we're going back to if abortion isn't legal. So I am pro-abortion for a lot of reasons, even though I don't necessarily agree with it. Okay. So if I was trying to find a way to get Democrats to vote uh, Republican, abortion is a pretty high-ticket item. And if you're saying, you know, abortions are anti-Republican, I mean, anti, Republicans are anti-abortion and you're anti-abortion, rather than have all of these quote-unquote, you know, um, free-thinking Democrats who are saying, you know, that abortion is okay, if you're against abortion... Why not vote for the people who agree with you? And so it's actually a smart thing that he's doing. It might be, yeah. Okay, it might be smart. But do you actually think you're going to get that type of crossover? Actually, I do. I mean, I don't know how much of a crossover he's going to get, but I know that there's a lot of people out there on both sides of the political coin that are anti-abortion. So you've already got the Republican anti-abortionists voting for your Republican people. You need to get the Democrats. And if you can make it a big enough deal about, you know, abortion is murder and this, that, and the other thing, then, yeah, I think you might actually be able, because right now especially, I think the people on both sides of the coin are kind of disillusioned with political parties. And I think they're kind of at a place where they're not sticking as hard and fast to their political side because if they were i think we would have um what's her face in office instead of trump i think hillary would have won i think people are at this point not necessarily just saying i'm democrat i have to vote democrat straight down the ticket the way my parents always did when it came time to vote although they were republicans but i think people are feeling now more like i'm going to vote for the person who is going to give me what I want, who's going to do the things with this country that I would do with this country. And I think if that person happens to be on the other side of the coin, I think they're more willing right now to vote that way. <clears throat> well, um, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I just, with me personally, what I look at is not whether or not you're anti-abortion. Because you are saying that, you know, most of them, uh, you shouldn't take a life and all that. You're, you're pro-abortion, you know, and the other one's saying you're, where it's wrong. See, my thing is this. Are you looking? I look at one thing. It's just his credibility. His, his reasoning for why he's doing this. And 
if it's because he has a change of heart or not, it's what I look at. So I'm not saying um, that it's not a good thing he's trying to do, trying to reach out. But in doing so, I'm just weary of why and the ramifications behind it, I guess. That's what I'm looking at. Because like well, you know, like everybody said, uh, you know, this was quoted this this came out of uh, who is this? Associated Press, uh, Jill Colbert, who states Trump has long been an unlikely sweetheart for conservative and evangelical voters. Evangelical voters. But now in the lead up to the midterm elections, the thrice Mary, former Democrat, who used to describe himself as a very pro-choice, has been offering catnip to conservatives. That's a good way to put it. Well, I, <laughs> That's I, a very I, I good way to put it. I want to throw something in right here, going back to something you said before. Um, you have to have a heart before you can change it. And it's been proven time and time again that Trump does not. So... I don't know if a change of heart is really what might have brought this on. Um, I, I think he's looking at this strictly through the eyes of how to accomplish something that he wants. I think I, I'm not exactly sure, you know, which Republicans he's trying to get elected, but he is looking at it as a business as he looks at everything. Right. And if he thinks that he can accomplish something in his own benefit by getting these people elected, then I think that is the sole motive for what he's doing. Yes, and I agree with you there. And that's why I guess bad choice where I said that change of heart. Somehow I don't see that as a change of heart with him. Um, then more so uh a business deal or an agreement to justify what he needs to justify. And that's kind of sad that I'm making, I'm putting this in a more organizational type business plan. But the fact of the matter is, that's the way, to me, his mind works. His mind doesn't work, uh, at least to me, for humanity. It just don't. That's just my opinion. Uh, there's probably a lot of people out there that think I'm wrong and probably want to hang me for what I just said. But I just me personally. I just look I look at certain things and certain and I think I talked about this with a friend of mine a little while back, well a couple of days ago. I just see too similar too many similarities between what he's trying to do. And what Reagan did back during his term. There's a lot of similarities that both these guys have in common. Now, I would never go to the stream that Reagan didn't have a heart. Because Reagan, as far as I remember, had somewhat a resemblance of a heart. It was mainly uh, pro-elitist to a certain degree. But he did have a heart. He didn't always, you never heard him go out there and just basically persecute women or gender. So, 
But there is a lot of similarities between him and what Trump's trying to do. And it always comes back to me, credibility. Is he credible? Is what he's saying credible enough for me to believe that's what he's trying to do? I don't know. Um, I'm just one person. Uh, there's a many people out there. You can change minds real quick. And here lately, Trump's been trying to change a lot of minds, or at least get a lot of crossover. Uh, if you think about it, doing that is how he got elected. Because if everybody had voted by their ticket, then again, we would have had Hillary because she had the popular vote. But I think what happened was he was able to get enough Democrats to switch over because he was sick that they wanted to hear. You know? And so... I think it worked for him once. He thinks he's going to make it work again, and he probably will. Well, yeah, you're true about that. And I just put this away. If it works once, and what's that saying? It's a, if it works once, and I can keep doing it, then don't try to change it. Don't fix it. Let it work. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's not broke, keep working. Um, that's a terrible philosophy, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. I'm kind of worried about that philosophy now, but we shall see. Uh, another thing out there on the forefront. NFL players can now be ejected for helmet hits. Just to let you know. So if anybody out there that's a football fan, the NFL has just now stated verbatim, if you hit with a helmet, you're gone. There's wow. no ifs, buts about it, no pleading, you're gone. Simple as that. So... I'm curious to see how these ejections are going to work. Because, let's face it, we are still a league of superstars and players. So, if a superstar, a big-time pro bowler and all that, hits with a helmet, are you going to justify that ejection the same way you would justify the ejection with a less known. And what I mean by that is, will the ejection come with like maybe three uh, game suspension compared to somebody who you don't know and he gets eight? Um, I'm curious on how that's going to work out. Because we still, let's face it, this is a game that's all about what? The money. The Bucks, the Greenbacks, whatever you want to call it. That's what it's about. Um, I like what the NFL is doing. Uh, I'm happy they're doing it. But we will see about that. Um, everything else that's going on out there, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. So I can't get to it all tonight on this show. We took care of the three major 
topics I wanted to look at and miss running the shape. But tomorrow, guess what we're going to talk about? New upcoming programs. Really? Yes. We got one, a good friend of mine. Um, if you listen to it tomorrow, early afternoon, we're going to be running a couple of promos. It's Nicole Fontaine and the World of the Paranormal. He has a, some podcasts on different shows. I actually listened to a couple of them. It was pretty good. Actually, huh. pretty damn good. He has that Nicole Fontaine charisma and persona like Miss Ryan DeShay does. You know, <laughs> you know, not like me, rough, scratchy, just say whatever comes out of my mouth and hope the FBI ain't waiting for me at the front door. Yeah. But hey, folks, that's me. G.E. Shaw, what can I say? But yeah, we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. We also have another show called Raven's Corner. Where we're going to talk about Tacoma, the surrounding areas, different restaurants, foods that we have been out to eat at, the delicacies, what we like about them, what we don't like about them. Hey, we're going to even talk about stuff that you probably don't even think about. Speaking of which, I forgot to tell you. I got good news the other day. I went to, remember we were talking a few months ago about Spuds? Yeah. I went to Spuds, and there's a new manager. Well, actually, she's not a new manager. I guess she was the manager about five years ago. She left. The restaurant went into the sewer, so the owners called her and asked her to come back, and she told me that she's hoping in the next two or three months to be able to have it open for lunch again. That's good. That is awesome, I thought. That's great. Actually, I'm quite happy to hear that. So, that's the one that's right down, what, two, three, four blocks from you? Yeah, 72nd Pacific, yeah. So when are they going to, so they're in the process of getting it open again? Well, it's it's never been closed, but they've been closed for lunch. They've only, they open now at four o'clock in the evening. And um, so she's trying to get it back open for lunch is what she's doing. Oh, okay. Huh. And I'm quite happy about that. Because I like to take my computer in there and, um, you know, go for lunch and get some writing done. Well, maybe and we I might do some location do stuff so there. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, maybe she might be up to doing some locations there. She probably would. I kind of got the impression that she would be up to doing just about anything that would get her <laughs> some, um, uh, you know, some airtime and some recognition. Well, you know what? She'll get some airtime since uh, basically we are on, well, we will be going to Spotify. We're already on iHeartRadio. And last I heard, there's a possibility we might be going to iTunes. And, oh, awesome. and uh, I forgot the other one. Uh, I got an email. I got to look at it. But it's time for me to brush up my 
charisma and get out there. But we will be, uh, that's another thing, we will be doing location um, shows too coming this summer. Uh, as of right now, I think we have on the agenda at least three, might be four, depending on all the stuff I need and we need as a show to get um, into the pride. I don't know how that works yet. I'm still waiting on uh, a letter from them because I applied last year at this time. So, have a, have a little booth, you know, a little station set up, radio stuff going on, music playing, you know, all the good stuff. At where? Uh, at Tacoma Pride. Oh, okay. You know, um, a little, little table, a little booth. I was out there right. last year taking photographs and everything and ran into one of the people out there that sponsors the show. Oh, Yeah, okay, cool. so I didn't think of nothing of uh, at the time, but hey, it looks like something might happen. So if it does, I'm going to be happy. Uh, outside of that for the night, I think we're going to be saying Saranara and getting ready for SIN Mixer tonight in the music side. But if you have anything else to say before we get off, let the world know. <laughs> well, I think I've said everything I need to say tonight. Okay. Well, it's been nice having Miss Ronnie DeShady here. And we'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget, Paranormal, the world of the Paranormal. We'll be talking about that show, uh, Raven's Corner, and other new shows. Plus, I will be back with a polish show on Friday night called Late Night with you-know-who, G.E. Shaw. This is G.E. Shaw, Ronnie DeShay. And this is the evening hour. See you tomorrow. Up next, we have John Fledge. We talk about kitchen at 747. Sometimes I wonder. Okay, Ronnie. I fly out into space. I can take a look at all the planets while going on a holiday. Um, Actually, so I'm sitting like the black right now. One of the counselors. Right
fast it's time All black and roses now Your day is done Your sins and bold Oh child, you have to let me go Oh child, we both will drown Bury me down Bury me down This is The Best by Candy Rose, the remix.
Christmas party, party. We party all night, we party all day. We won't go home till the break of day. We party all night, we party all day. We won't go home till.